Hi, welcome to Isometric Gaming for a Different Perspective. I'm your host, Steve Lubitz, here with me always on the panels, have development of Giant Space Cap. Bria, how are you? What's crackalacky? Also with me here today is Maddie Myers, editors for Pace Magazine. Maddie, how are you? I'm doing great. I thought maybe you were going to pretend to be me. That would have been more <laughs> okay. entertaining. Uh, no, no, not to. And we also have Georgia Dow, who's senior editor of iMore. How are you today? What's, what's crackalacking? Sorry, who am I? What's crackalacking? It's good. <laughs> and we also have here the real Steve Lubitz. I had Uh-oh. a thought this week. I get scared when you have thoughts, Bree. <laughs> you have, I have hung out with you and your daughters, yes. and it is pandemonium. <laughs> like, it's just blind, screaming, crazy chaos. Like, like it's just, it's like you have three Tasmanian devils. It occurred to me that you, you know, hang around with your family all week, and then to relax, <laughs> you come on the show and hang out with us. So I don't know. I was thinking about that this week. I was wondering if you had any thoughts about that. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, just yes. That's uh, no, I don't have any thoughts. Just, just yes. yes. I, I okay. found, I found okay. it for Steve. Which sailor, uh, scout oh, character are you? There we go. We can, we can do that. We can find out what Steve really so, fits. Okay. So basically what you're saying is that I get abused all day by my daughters and I come on this podcast to get abused by the three of you. Is that what you're telling me? I think abuse is such a strong word. <laughs> you're a masochist. Gently mocked. How about that? Gently, Gently. I know we it's with you. love. It's okay. Steve is the mayonnaise that holds the isometric sandwich together. He's the mayonnaise? Who do you think the bread is? Do you think you're the bread? I think I'm the meat. Oh. Who's the bread, Georgia? Who's the bread? Georgia's more of like a spicy a spicy mustard. I don't know that I'm the... Then I'm the bread? No. I don't even know what that means. But I'm very offended. <laughs> Oh no, now I'm going to get trashed on my lap all over again. <laughs> I can't help it. If, it. if it upsets you, I will be the bread. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. You can call I, me I, the I, Maddie, do you want to be the meat? The bread. Do you want to be the because meat? Because ordinarily... No, I don't I, I could find care. a quiz for I, what kind of meat are you. There's a there's a, one of these tests for everything. I'm sausage. I'm scrapple. <laughs> I'm just a little bit of everything. You're spam. Um, Ordinarily, Steve introduces the show, so yeah. I. So I don't even know what to do bread. anymore. I'm like listless. I'm like adrift on this sea of podcasting. Like I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Steve had one job to do. <laughs> I had one job, and now it's gone. Now he's gone. All right, wait a second, Steve. Are you wearing a red shirt? No, no, thankfully. Okay, so then you're still okay. And we're not going on any away missions, so it should be okay. Fair enough. We get we get right. to keep well, Steve. Well, can I talk about our fo- about our, our feedback and stuff like for last week before we please? Get- I I think we have to determine what sailor <laughs> scout you are, and then we can move on with the show. So Georgia, please. Okay, proceed. Steve, I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of sailor questions, oh and then God. we're going to find out what's who sailor Steve is. Are we keeping this in the show? I, really? I, unfortunately, oh, yeah. I think we are. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's do. So then okay. we better go on with it. I'll I'll, I'll quiz you after Steve. Okay. Um, so I guess we can thank all the people who sent us Pandemex this week because we've already we've already got off the rails. So I'll link in the show notes. There were a couple people who sent. There, well, there was one person who sent us a. Uh, apparently, there's actually a panda robot that actually looks really cool, and I told Georgia she can get it for me for my birthday. And uh, one person uh, drew actually drew us. David Northart drew us a Pandemex, which was actually pretty cool. So I'll link those in the show notes. Yeah, I don't know if I saw the Pandemex. Did I see the Pandemex? He drew that? 
I think he did too, because I did a search on Google for any other instance of this image, and there are none. Oh, so oh, wow. I, want I think this is an original piece. I of just art. hit retweet. Like, <laughs> yay! You sent me a picture of a mecha panda. I didn't know he drew it's it. Really That's good. Awesome. Yeah, whoever drew yeah. it. Yeah, we have like fan art it's now. Really, really good. So wow! Can wow. We, wait, I'm going to put that as my. Yeah, make that your profile pic. Yeah, you have to. Well, Steve has to. And uh, we also got an email from Brian Covey pointing us to the uh, a clip from John Oliver's Last Week Tonight, which is also, by the way, a fantastic show, of the oh, Crown yeah. Prince of Denmark in a, in a panda suit. So I love I'll that. Link that. I will link that in the show notes, and you will get all of your panda goodness. Um, yeah, this is a panda show where we talk about panda news. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Isometric. It, it boggles my mind that one bad joke from Georgia in our first episode is now a legacy that haunts us. Well, it's because Georgia determinedly kept referring right. to pandas. I know. Well, no, we're known for two things. One Every is pandas time. and the other is video games about breakfast food. That's true. <laughs> Both because of Georgia. responsibility. So the other email that we got was... I a, fell um, off my stool. <laughs> So, so the other email that we got this week was from Janice Spencer, who asked us to review Scarecrow, which is the Chipotle video game. Did anyone actually play? I it? did actually. <laughs> did you really? I did. Oh, I did Steve, really you took one it. for the team. It's actually the production values are a little bit better than I thought they were going to be for something that's fueled by burritos. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Steve. Before we talk about this. I want some free Chipotle <laughs> out of this if we're going to talk okay. about this game. I, I require free Chipotle. Yeah, don't we deserve I'm overheating. free I, I think yeah. hash browns, too, for all of our hash browns? Yeah, I know. Why haven't we gotten our Denny's sponsorship already? What's up I with know, this? right? Someone re- who, isn't someone this who how we Denny's? get sponsorships? I don't, I don't why, know. How why we... isn't this working? I, I thought we just <laughs> talked about products, and then somebody sent us money. Is that not what happens? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know how it works. I'm not sure how it works. It might be how we lose sponsors. Well, then I, I, won't, I won't say what I think about the game, because then, then they might not want to sponsor us. So let's just don't, move on. Especially if you liked it. No, I didn't. <laughs> I will. I will play this game. Okay, this don't, I'll do it too. Don't, we'll do it. I'll do it. We will do it. I'll do it. That and the Cardassians. All right, all right. I promised Maddie right. I would do the Cardassians. So I had two quick pieces of follow up. First of all, I wanted to say thank you for all the isometric listeners that bought Rev Sixties last week and reviewed us on the App Store and sent me. Yeah, nice comments about Revolution Sixty, which you guys are liking. Um, it's it's a really cool feeling to work three years on a game and to be bombarded with reviews of people enjoying it and players playing it and really having a good and time awesome, with it. And it's awesome, Brie. You really do write back to people and, like, mention it and retweet it. So if you, you know, send something to Brie, she really does spend her time, even though, you know, sometimes she might be inundated with messages. So I think that's really cool of you because some people just ignore people, and I think that's wrong. No, no. I try to – if you're reaching out to me to say, I enjoyed your game, like – what this is what's cool about Twitter because that's not a 10 minute you know email to type back, it takes four seconds. So, yeah, but you spend the time, a lot of people don't. So, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I just wanted to thank you guys for all the love and you know, support over the last uh, you know, week as we've gone to market. The other thing I wanted to say is, guys, do you know that our show has a Wikipedia on what? five by five? No, it does. No. It does. I, so I wrote today to get 
a password so I can start editing the isometric Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't know the direction I'm going to go in it. Like, you know, Georgia was elected president of, you know, <laughs> lawfully. Her slogan was no human left, not in, in chains. And like, you know, like that drawing some bad fan art of it, whatever. I don't know if I want it to be serious or I want it to be like the most, most like, Acid trip Wikipedia ever. Oh yes, do that, do that. Because serious is so. Uh, we we can we all have jobs and different stuff. We could be serious there. This is this is for fun. Gaming is supposed to be fun. So if you're a fanda, you should go a get fanda. an account for the isometric of the isometric yeah. wiki and get, we get started. Get the fandas in there. Oh, we need all the fandas. Fanda facts. I don't know what show on isometric on on five by five has a lot of Wikipedia, but I'm counting on you guys to help me crush Please, them. Let's like, do it. Must. Let's win this. Yeah, we have to win. Yeah. This. this is about because winning. <laughs> Because it's about, games aren't really about fun so much as they're about winning. Right, so. right, right. It's about crushing, crushing everyone else, and it's about crushing your enemies. and then driving, having them hear the lamentation of their pandas. Oh. I don't know. I'm oh going. my god, Georgia, you're going like aggro this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Georgia's really picking yeah. up what I'm putting down here. She's really pulling a Maddie this week. I think you guys are being a bad influence on Georgia. I don't know how I feel about. I this. think so. Oh, do, do you yes. all remember when Georgia was nice? It was like a week ago. <laughs> It was before the mech suit, you see. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Ultimate power. Yeah, with great, with you know, great power comes you know, great bad, crushing great corruption. Heads. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I guess Canadians don't have the moral integrity to take that oh, much. Oh well, because God. they're not yeah. used to it. They're not right. used to so much freedom right. like we yeah. are. We can handle it. <laughs> I love Canada. I love Canada. <laughs> Don't write letters. Maddie said that. Do you have anything that, else you want me. to add for yeah. follow up, Bree, or should I guess we can? No, let's get on with the show. Let's do. All right, it. so let's let's go. Let's go straight to a downer then. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a sad thing at the top of the. So, so GameSpot mm. apparently laid off about two thirds of their staff uh, this week. Uh, it looks like I was apparently they had twelve writers on staff, and now they have five. So. Carolyn Pettit and Tom McShay and, and a few other people yeah. were were all laid off and they I guess they were just told I mean that's how these that's how layoffs typically go is that they're just you know called to an all hands meeting and then told that they're that they're no longer there but it's it's kind of surprising because GameSpot is one of these outlets that's owned by one of these bigger corporations and you would think that twelve writers doesn't seem like it's a ton of people to support for what's a fairly major yeah. site in in gaming journalism. So I, I mean, I'll I'll defer to Maddie on this, but yeah, I as far as I knew, Gamespot. I'm I'm I should have looked this up for the show, but I know there's a list of the top hits that sites get, and I thought that Gamespot was the second one. Yeah, it Am was. Misremembering that in terms of how popular, I think IGN is is usually at the top. But GameSpot was really far up there in terms of page views. And ordinarily, ad sales work with page view generation. That's how you sell ads. You tell them what you can promise, and you prove it with your metrics, and then you make a sale. Mm -hmm. And then if, I mean, I know with video game sites, I was talking to some people from Polygon on Twitter about this. Phil Collar was telling me about like their ad block statistics and he said he'd look them up for me, but I don't know that he has yet. But I know that it's a, a pretty significant problem that gamers often use ad blockers more so than your just oh. typical internet user yeah. because 
gamers are really tech savvy and a lot of them use you know firefox and chrome and a lot of them use ad blockers and extensions that make it so that no ad revenue is generated it's a pretty serious problem for game sites in particular in comparison to other websites so that's a factor it's part of the problem with games journalism although there are many but Mm -hmm. it's one of many so i don't know to what extent that was a factor a lot of people were talking about ad block right after this because of this because i think folks can't really think of what else it could be but i i'm gonna guess it's a lot more complicated than that yeah and i know that brie and i were tweeting about a little bit about how twitch tv has really changed the way that games journalism happens and google acquiring it for like one billion absolutely google has officially acquired twitch i don't know that we ever yep that happened i thought it was just unofficially confirmed it got confirmed this week but sort of quietly Uh I uh I saw some news about that. So that's a thing that I saw. I'll look that up and make sure I'm right. I mean, if I can, if I can, like, this is my perspective on it. Like, all through the 90s, like, they were founded in 1996. And I can remember when, you know, the internet was really coming to fruition and you would type in videogames.com and it would take you to this site, which eventually became GameSpot, I think, after uh, CNET acquired them at some point. This is before CBS ended yeah. up buying them. And I they used to be my go-to site for games journalism. This was in the you know Jeff Gersman era. Then you had the Kane and Lynch 2 controversy where you know Gersman ended up leaving over that. You can read the Wikipedia on it. It's a very interesting incident. And it just from my point of view, if I were to be honest about my my reading habits, there are individual writers at GameSpot that I really enjoy, like Carolyn. But mm-hmm. it, it feels like in the last decade, particularly, they've really struggled to have an identity in this giant pool. And they, they kind of feel like the average of a lot of stuff to me. Like, do you guys agree with that? Do you not? I know what you're saying, and I think it's it's hard to stick out in this business, for sure. And and I think that in some ways, there's some fear of sticking out, because when money's tight, people play it safe. That's true in every industry. Yeah. And money has gotten really tight in games journalism. There have been a lot of layoffs over the past five years, and a yeah. lot of tightening up of deciding what kind of atmosphere and branding you're going to have as a publication and i think the result is unfortunately that interesting weird content is not happening as often as it used to because people can't afford in a literal sense to be producing it anyway as as for google uh on july 24th venture beat reported that google signed the deal but apparently that was it's not actually confirmed but but that did happen a few days ago it's just that all of these dealings have been extremely quiet, so huh. Google hasn't said anything. But that is something that allegedly... I mean, when is Google going to buy Twitch? Why do they keep just saying they're doing it? Anyway, I, I, I think it's a done deal, though. I really do think it's a done deal. Like, a deal like that, like, we're going to know when that's official, right? Like, we're not going to need VentureBeat to tell yeah, us but that, it's, that it's official. That was a couple days ago, though, so I'm not yeah. I'm not losing my mind. This article happened two days ago. <laughs> I know I heard a lot of like rumblings about it again, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm waiting for some sort of an official word from Google. And because a, a billion dollar acquisition is not the kind of thing that just goes out in a press release. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because I know that Twitch TV has some agreements with CBS Interactive right now. Oh, really? Yes. Like, they're partners with them, with GameSpot. And I'm wondering whether that's a factor here that we don't know about and whether CBS Interactive has a deal with Twitch that will be revealed at some point. Because... Basically, what they've done here is laid off some print media folks. And I, well, by print, I mean the written word. And I don't know whether that means they're going to be focusing on something else. But I don't know that GameSpot is lacking in money, per se, because they're yeah. definitely not lacking in page views. And they might be lacking in some ad block things causing problems for them. But I I don't think so. This was a surprise to me. So I, I predict that they're going to go in a different direction, and it's going to be a video direction. I, I don't know. I think that's very insightful. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with video, too, is that you can't ad block it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I know you can on YouTube, but I don't know how Twitch deals with that. And I know that on video and on audio, there are some clever ways to get around it. Like, right. if our listeners listen to other podcasts, they know that podcasters sometimes integrate ads into their shows. And some YouTubers do that, too. I don't see Twitch users doing it that often. But you can do things like wearing a shirt that says a certain logo or other agreements that are less obtrusive than an ad that you can block on a site that you're reading. So there are ways to earn money with ads that are a little bit easier in audio and video. So that could be a factor. But also, it seems like right now, people who are interested in games are interested in watching sort of anchor-style news reporting about esports. So, Maddie, this gets into, like, where we were talking on, on, on Twitter. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think we're kind of having a conversation here and assuming the people listening it have heard the rest of it. And you know, we were talking about how it seems like games journalism is fundamentally changing right now. You do see Twitch exploding and you see YouTubers and let's play videos and you see these, you know, Yogg's cast would be another one. And I think there's a, a real, a real shift in the way people you know, under 30 are consuming media. I, would you agree with that? Would you I disagree? I agree. And I, you know that that's not something that I think is bad. I mean, here we are hosting a podcast, right. which is something that I'm really enjoying doing, everybody. Uh-huh. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm cool with the fact that podcasts and videos are becoming something that people really enjoy. Yeah. And some of that is because everybody has a little pocket-sized computer now in their hand at all times. That's part of it. But it's also because Let's Plays have become easier to produce, which means that the quality of them can be higher. And I remember watching Team Liquid do StarCraft coverage years ago before making Let's Plays was that easy. And now Team Liquid is very successful. I still watch Husky StarCraft uh, do videos and Team Liquid stuff and whatnot. And they have become really professional. And I watch announcers doing esports coverage that is very high quality. And that's a possibility now because people have gotten some practice. And I think that when people think of Let's Plays, they think of these really low quality ones that people are making now that it's so easy to do. But it's also possible to produce these really high quality shows now. The tools are available to do that. You just have to kind of put in the time. So I I have some high hopes about what gaming coverage will look like in the future. It's something that I think we should have already been doing, but we didn't have the means to do before as journalists, that kind of live coverage of events. And 
Now we can do it. And that's exciting. It uh-huh. is sad that it is happening at the expense of other resources because money is so tight right now. Something had to go and it looks like the written word is what's suffering right now. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty flexible. I'm lucky in that way. You know, I was I was posting on my Twitter, like, this is what I think the future of games journalism is. And it, it wasn't a games journalism viral video that I showed it, but it was um, it was a woman talking about what it's like being an Asian woman. And, you know, she's very photogenic. She's extremely uh, well-spoken. She has loads of personality. And she she has like a $3,000 lighting set up in her house and just sits there and produces this video that probably took her like an hour to write and a few hours to edit. And it's just tremendously compelling because the lighting and the person doing the video was extremely compelling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can easily imagine a future where, you know, Maddie Myers is working for a GameSpot mm-hmm. and yeah. is is producing video content exactly like that. It's not super expensive to produce. It's, you know, it's compelling for this new generation of people that do consume media differently. Because it's it's easier to consume, right? Like you can watch yeah. or listen to something while you're doing something else. So you almost exactly. save time. Yeah. And it's less effort. You know, I could be cooking and I could listen to something. I could be driving in the car. I could have something playing during class, which I shouldn't do. Don't do that. That's bad. Um <laughs> Stay in school, kids. (laughs) Yeah, or like you're running on the treadmill (laughs) or what have you, and you're watching a show. or you're exercising, you're jogging, or you're you're walking the dog. And so you get to do a double dose, which you can't, unfortunately, do with print media. I think that it's kind of sad, though, that you end up losing really talented writers to a website that, I don't know if it's a budget thing. Maddie, do you think that it's like going to be like like we're going to get like a merger? Are they going to like merge Giant Bomb with like GameSpot or like do you think that it could be something totally so. different? Yeah. If only because that has never been something that it seems like CBSI has considered doing in the past. I, I our listeners may not be up to date enough to know that GameSpot and Giant Bomb are both owned by CBS Interactive, which is kind of unusual and not something that people really think about. Because uh, it's weird. Because <laughs> it seems like they're competitors. <laughs> right. But um, and for a while, CBS Interactive didn't own Giant Bomb, if I recall correctly, and it might be the other way around. I really don't know. Uh, so I do know that GameSpot and Joystick and Destructoid also are all three partners with Twitch. I don't know that Giant Bomb is a partner with Twitch. Are they still well, going to be partners with? Does that get transferred when? Someone is bought out. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But but that's interesting to know. And I I feel like Giant Bomb just offers something completely different. And they offer something yeah. very particular. And that is part of what has allowed Giant Bomb to succeed. I would yeah. also say that Giant Bomb has a relatively small staff as well. Uh-huh. They're pretty lean. They just hired a couple of people, but even with that, I mean, obviously, like Ryan Davis is not with us anymore. So yeah, that, yeah. They, in a way, they were replacing him, so they they could afford to do that. Mm. Yeah, as, as sad as that is, so I, that's a factor. And I know that they also hired another video editor. That was the person, in addition to Dan Reichert, who was hired, who got a lot less attention. But they hired a video editor. So yeah. that, to me, indicates that they also are thinking about pursuing more video. They already do an extremely successful podcast, obviously. I mean, this is just something that we're seeing a lot of sites investigating. Polygon has a lot of video coverage. 
as well. I don't know that they're thinking about doing more, but they have been a bastion of the written word. Yeah. So if they start doing more video, I mean, I we I think we talked a couple weeks back about how they have been scaling back some of their long-form features there. So, yeah, I mean, this is yeah. something that we're seeing happening in a lot of places. It's kind of funny because when I was uh, looking up for, you know, articles on it, I, like, there were no articles. There was, like, in the the discussion, the forums, but there was no articles on GameSpot. I had to go to other gaming sites to get information on GameSpot, which is, I found a little ironic. About the layoffs, yeah. you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty quiet, all things considered. I mean, a lot of it came from mostly from Twitter, yeah. from a couple of these, like blogs that i honestly hadn't heard of before yeah so, yeah i mean the one that we the, the the link that i have is from like crave online which i've i've never heard of before today yeah i don't know but Bef- before we move on and we should move yeah. on i just wanted to say like you know like carolyn is somebody in the industry i particularly like like she she was very kind enough to interview with me for my article of polygon that you went viral a few weeks ago. Um, she's just a tremendously nice person. And it's my opinion, she's one of the best writers at GameSpot. And you know, I wish everyone that's leaving GameSpot all the best. Mm-hmm. But I think someone would be really smart to snatch her up. I think she's just amazingly talented. Yeah, when I was reading all of the different comments about it, a lot of them were about how she was such a loss mm-hmm. and one of their really great writers that they have on their team, probably you know yeah. one of many. But a lot of them were, um, you know, how how you know how is the site going to continue on because she gave a different view and and uh, yeah. wrote so very eloquent what what amazes me about carolyn is how in an industry with so many bitter people in it myself included how <laughs> she's someone no i'm being really serious she's someone who is so defined by her love and her emotions like she's so vulnerable if you know her and it just it's always it's always been very apparent to me that she has a lot of love for video games and a lot of love in general and that just that's always really stood out to me in an industry that is so cynical so i don't know i think she's a very good writer yeah i completely agree yep so speaking of video, uh, Bree has requested a uh, a platform to geek out about the Bayonetta. And- <laughs> <laughs> That's a more fun topic. All right. I actually, when I was planning the topics, I like spaced them out like happy, sad, happy, sad. Really? <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. So, okay. Wait, Georgia. So what did you think of it? I, Tell me you saw I this. did. I yeah. thought I, I, I thought it was really good. Like really good. Yeah. The music yeah. was sick. absolutely sick and i'm excited to see it that's it that's it yeah oh yeah i mean maddie what did you did you like i'm i'm totally on board i'm 110 percent on board i'm on the train the train's pulling out of the station i'm I'm riding it all the way to the end (laughs) she's driving that train I'm so, I'm I'm going up to the front of the train. I'm kicking out the conductor, and I'm driving the train. <laughs> wearing a super That's awesome I, I am. outfit and like two huge guns. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No. So the first time I became aware of Bayonetta, I was on my honeymoon actually with my husband, and uh, I'm sitting there that night. And I'm on my laptop, and I'm like, 
oh my god, this game that's coming out looks so awesome. And it was like Bayonetta with the clock tower falling down and all the Matrixy stuff. And I saw this anime and I just instantly was brought back to that world of the the game I love so much. And it's it's so weird because in so many ways Bayonetta betrays everything I believe in. <laughs> but I, I still love it at the same time. And yeah, I just I, I can't justify it, you know? I mean that's what that's that's the topic at hand, right? I mean right. I so the thing about Bayonetta is that I'm pretty sure Bayonetta is like the perfect example of what happens when you try to make something for men as fan service, right. but you fail horribly. <laughs> because what has happened, it's sort of like the Dragon's Crown problem a little bit, but but I feel like Bayonetta is a much better example of mm-hmm. it succeeding in a funny way. Because right. it was like, it was so over the top that the people who ended up being really into it were like women and gay men because she's like such an extreme performative type of femininity that it turns off straight guys and makes them feel alienated and scared. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll corroborate all of what you just said. Yeah, yes. I know. Steve is the control group here. Yeah, well, but- no, and, and it's like I watched I watched this and it was just like a fever dream. Yeah, and it's like I. I it's don't. not for you, Steve. It's not for me <laughs> at all. It's supposedly for you, but it's so is it's not like, for you. It's like they overshot it. Yes, yes. And and I watched it, and I'm like, this isn't. This definitely is not is not for me. And I would not surprised. I mean, I I totally get why you're you're into it. Yeah. I just it surprises me that you are, but it also doesn't, if that makes sense. <laughs> it's definitely a camp thing. It's not yeah. like I, I look at it and I see it as something other than campy, but I like camp, so I'm fine with that. Do you all remember there was an article by an artist from the Bayonetta team that went viral a few years back? No, I don't. He is a guy and he wrote this article about how he had basically intended Bayonetta to be for the male gaze, and he just didn't understand the response to her at all. And I just found this article hilarious. And I remember people were kind of upset about it at the time. And they were like, this is an example of why Bayonet is bad. And I'm like, no, this is hilarious. This guy really (laughs) missed the mark. Like, they really thought they were making a character that men would be into. And they super didn't. And, And generally, the people I know who really are into this game, like, I know that all the guys on Game Bar, which is like G A Y M E bar, gay guys on that show, love <laughs> right? Bayonetta. All three of them love it. And Lee Alexander loves it. Courtney yeah. Stanton loves Bayonetta. Like, the people who like Bayonetta are not who you'd expect, but they kind of are who you'd expect. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, you have to tweet me that article. I have I, to see I'll this see article now. I'll see if I can now. dig it up. You've got to find it. It's You've really, find it's it. old. And it was just like an afterthought. But I remember people being upset about the time. I mean, it was like the controversy of the week, but in 2010 or whatever. I don't know. When did Bayonetta come out? 2012? Yeah. Something like that. 20, if I got married in 20, about 2010, I guess. Yeah. So it would have been, would have been way back when. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think what it, what ended up like doing me in with it was the hair thing. Yeah. Like, I think that was just kind of like, that's a what's bridge so weird. Yeah. yeah. It's like not sexy at all. Like, why did they right. think that was going to work? It's too weird. And it's like, okay, <laughs> so her hair is her costume. And then when she does a super attack, her hair all comes off and she's naked. And it's like, 
Guys, you're trying too hard. Like, That's what's no. funny, though. See, I know it's fun. No, I know. See, but it's this is the same thing. When people attack, like, the Rev 60 characters over this, like, I don't, like, when I play Bayonetta, I just, I don't, I don't, do you know what I mean? It's like, boobs don't shock me. You know? yeah, like, I do. I feel like Rev 60 is in part, I mean, I don't know that this was intentional, because I uh-huh. think you made those designs before it came out, but it's sort of an example of the opposite. Right. Because right. it's an example of you just being like, no, these are women wearing utilitarian skin tight outfits and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Bayonetta oh is God. like, yeah. oh, let's no, undress is, her. Yeah, let's get her more naked. And more yeah, naked. yeah. So. Which ends up just coming across as hilarious, albeit unintentionally. This is why satire doesn't really work because the best satire is completely unintentional. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> like, that, it's almost like, you know, we're going to take back all of those stereotypes to women and women fighters and you know yeah. the entire thing and we're gonna we're gonna now take it to the extreme and it's hilarious that men that wouldn't mind like if the woman was like I don't know you just know on like the... dead or alive is an example of a game that got <laughs> right. it quote unquote right, right in the sense that men do enjoy and then they're like game. wait a second what's yeah. happening this is but this was this is wrong <laughs> right, yeah. right. Oh, no, I, I think I mean I had the same reaction to this that I had to dead or alive extreme volleyball yeah, like that was the same reaction that but I. But it's had not the same at all. Yeah. I know it's not the same at all. But that's. But you have to uh, just just like on a like a, a gut level, it was the same reaction. Like, and I know it's a different game, but you know, not no, no, knowing no, the three of you at the time. No, it's fair, and it's only fair. going from like reviews and what's on the box, right? Like, okay, well, so she her super model, her super move is th- is that she undresses. Okay, that's a little juvenile. Not interesting. I, I think the difference is, <laughs> it's. It's a hard thing to define because my blood boils when I play a dead or alive game. I mean, I right. get I get really offended when I play a dead or alive game because it's there's no sense that the characters are in control because all of the the female characters in it are so weak mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah, are such exactly. stereotypes yeah. and are so offensive. It's, it's exactly it that. has to do with stuff like camera angles that's hard to explain to people who haven't taken a little bit of film class. But like the way that the camera pans over a woman and how she reacts to it, like right. is she performing for it in a way that seems like she's reclaiming it? Like in mm-hmm. Bayonetta, it feels like mm-hmm. a joke when she's performing. But in DOA, it feels like they are the the victim. victim. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's hard for me to explain why that is, but it's a deep feeling. Yeah, that the difference between them being empowered to their sexuality, to their body, and and being to be the ones in control makes a huge difference for me versus someone that is the victim that is uh, not in control of what's going to happen to them and that is Mm -hmm. just a passive character. So sexuality doesn't bother me. Body types don't bother me. Um, it's the mythos of the female character that they have. And if they're the ones that are in control and making choices, even if they be harsh, even if they end up getting injured or hurt, doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. And, and yet for, for other people, I can get how that might offend them. So I understand for those that, that might be offended, but it was almost like when I did a book with Renee on martial arts and, uh, one of the moves, like he cut my neck on with, we're using not butterfly knives. It's was Wing Chun. Anyways, um, and I'm like, it was like, it's just a move. Like, I'm just because I'm female, I shouldn't be able to be the one that's being attacked and I'm defending versus the other way around. You know, treat me equally on both sides of the fence. Sure, yeah, totally. Sure. I mean, when I did Weichiru, I we had to fight cross-gender all the time. I mean, that's right. just normal mm-hmm. in a dojo. Yeah, yeah. And in yeah. a fighting game, it's normal, which is yeah. great. Yeah. But I, I mean, sadly... 
the way that women are depicted in Dead or Alive and the way that they're depicted in Mortal Kombat, I would argue, is yeah. not great. And yeah. Yeah. it's all body language and the way that their facial expressions are rendered. is It's not... They are made to look like victims and they're often sexualized in a way that is not great and victimized at the same time. And I don't know how Bayonetta manages to subvert that because it's all completely unintentional, but it does. <laughs> so so this brings me to something I really want to get into the lexicon uh, because I think this is something people are so mistaken about. I've had the same conversation at least 10 times a day since, since launching Rev60. <laughs> and it's like... What's like, you guys saw my article that was in CNET today. And, you know, it's like, hey, you know, all female game dev studio, yay. And then the comments are just a bunch of dudes like, oh, look at the body type. And I just want to, I, I really want to get this idea out there into the, the lexicon, which would be, you know, I, I want to call it the Maddie Myers test. Ooh. Because, <laughs> I like because you... You have something you've said over the course of panels we've done together in the show. There's something I really think about a lot. And the question, if a video game character is acceptable, it is not about boob size. It is not about body type. It is not about how she looks necessarily. It is one question. And the Maddie Myers test is, is this a person? Or is this an object to blank, you know, or date? You know, mm-hmm. is this an ob? Is it is she a person or Does is she, she an object? Does she do anything? Does, Does she, she do, do anything? anything? And sometimes that question is surprisingly hard to answer. Just yeah. does she do anything? Right. Like, you know, does Bayonetta she stand there does and say snarky stuff? Right. Or does she actually perform an action that matters to the plot in any way? Right. But, right. And does she seem like a, a person? And it's yeah. very hard. It's very hard to explain to somebody what I mean when I say, is, is she a person? I don't know why that's so hard. But if I could figure that out, I think I would solve Did, world peace. Well, and also, yeah. I guess the other question is, how do you tell that before you actually play through the game? You yeah. can't. You can't. That's that's, that's why when people get angry about screenshots, and we did it on this show, and that was when my test came up. We talked about Hyrule Warriors. That's what uh-huh. it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. which in the which in the interim has turned into like this plethora. You guys, I there's was like right. there's like ten characters <laughs> in that game, and two of them are male. Yeah. yeah. And I was said at the time, I was like, you know, I really don't care what these characters are wearing, even if it looks really silly, as long as they get to do something. Right. Yeah. And they yeah. will. So it'll let be them fine. be some key players. Yeah. yeah. With yeah. with a backstory that matters and doesn't have to evolve with all of the other male characters. Like let them be able to stand on their own. And if a character can't stand on their own in the game, then they're not a key player in the game. Yeah. 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 I, I think that what guys may not understand is like, like if I'm hanging out, it's like Maddie comes to like you came to the launch party and I saw you and I go, oh Maddie's wearing a yeah you know, like a cute dress you know and well, I, I, I might you, right, well, <laughs> but I might I don't when I'm act, interacting with other women like I don't think about them sexually. Do you know what it, it's not on my mind? Do you, do you where know are we what going I, with I don't, this? 
<laughs> Bree's just saying no. I looked really hot at the launch. I, I, I want pictures. True, I did. I, I'm saying did. that when you mail gaze this stuff, and when people are criticizing my Rev sixty characters, it's generally it's ninety nine percent men. Yeah. Well, you know what that is though. Like, I think it's like they're they're almost there. Like they're like. I think I get part of feminism. I think I'm supposed to be mad about something. I think I'm supposed to be mad at boobs. Is right. that it? Yeah. Am I doing it's, this right? I think that Steve's often said that. I think yeah, that was, you, you've mentioned that a few out. times, eh, Steve, that when you play a game and you're like, are they exploiting yeah, yeah, women yeah. or not? And you're like, I don't know right. if I can enjoy this game because I'm too worried. Am I part of the exploitation of women? Yeah. Here, Here's the thing is that. If you are trying to be lawful good in this situation, <laughs> Steve, you okay. are lawful good. Where and are yeah, and you, you are, don't you, are. you know that there is a line, but you don't know exactly where the line is, mm-hmm. then you're going to stay as far over to the side of the line as you can. Yeah, huh. I think that's fair until you get to like the 102 level where you're like, "Oh, some right. of these female characters are pretty interesting." Right. You right. And, and and there is, you know, I mean, obviously large boobs exist in life. Like it's yeah. not, it's not an, I'm, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way type of thing. But you know, it's, it takes you a little while to figure that out. And so until you know that that's not where the line is, you're going to stay on the other side of the line. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I think so. I think that's like a one oh one level of feminism where you're like, I realize that this is objectifying. Yeah. I'm just going to stay away from it. But then the second level is you looking at the nuances of that situation mm-hmm. and saying, well, what's the right. story about? What yeah. do the people in the story do? Yeah. And how is this woman treated? Is she treated terribly? Right. That's not good. Right. And if she's <laughs> treated like that she's empowered and is she in control of her own destiny or is she just at the whim of every other male that might be in this or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else is, is part of the ploy and does her character develop and how is she treated by the other characters that are in there? Is she treated, mm-hmm. you know, like an equal person to part of the team? And then I don't really care which way she looks. And I like looking yeah. at pretty women. And so that's yeah. that's fine to me. That doesn't bother me. I think that, you know, it's nice to see different body types just, again, so that uh-huh. for, for our own body image. Because, like, I'm used to playing games and there's, there's like, maybe one female character. And, and she's probably not that good at what she I does. I mean, there's a bunch of different types of dude body types yeah and not that and different many types of dudes so i end up like you know and the girls got like you know like some horrible weapon and it's like ah oh, lame and i'm like ah oh, you know what she's not that good so i'm yeah. gonna end up playing yeah. a male character and i would like to have someone that represents me and i think that a lot of people that are um it's funny because renee and i just did a zen and tech that was on uh, integration but it's nice to have a character that represents you I, I just think the Maddie Myers test is really important to get to 102 feminism. I, I, I think we need to get to the next I'm question. Brilliant. I'm so brilliant. <laughs> I'm just so smart, and I'm glad everybody's finally figuring it out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And modest. <laughs> well. Humble. Well. <laughs> All right. So, so we had a couple of stories that came around the same time around how we pay for games. And one of them was that EA has all of a sudden introduce a rental service that they're calling EA Access that's apparently only going to be on Xbox One and is similar to PlayStation Plus in that you pay them $30 a year and then they give you a couple of old sports games and like Peggle 2 and something else. And play and Sony really quickly responded and said that's not going to be on PS4 and we don't think it's a very good value, which is kind of ironic given that they introduced PlayStation Now 
which is their PS3 streaming service to PlayStation 4. And the prices are pretty much insane. Hmm. Hmm. So they're offering rentals of these games. And I guess the maximum that you can rent is for 90 days. And these are old, like several year old PlayStation 3 games, or at least like a year old. And they seem to think that PlayStation 4 users are going to spend $50 to rent a game for 90 days. Hmm. And the the prices go up and down, and they go down to, I think, $6 to rent it for a week, or $5 to rent it for four hours. Jeez. Which is kind of Steep. ridiculous, yeah. given that, I mean, I mean, Redbox <laughs> doesn't have exactly the greatest selection, necessarily, but at least you can go to Redbox and just pay, like, $1.25 and rent the game for a day. So... I don't, I, I, I mean, I understand that it's a beta and that's kind of to be expected, but at the same time, it's kind of ridiculous and I don't know what they're trying to get at with the, with the system. See, I think this is where we're going to get into this consumer slash developer thing again, because I've been fielding complaints all week, like $6 for Rev60, which we worked on three years is yeah. too high. And, you know, Rev60 only cost half a million dollars to make, you know, and you look at some of these, you look at some of these games, and I look at some of the games on the service, and they failed financially. And Chris Plant of uh, Polygon was talking about Darksiders 2, I think, which, you know, did not do well and was part of THQ closing. I would be very surprised if those developers made their money back from it. And I look at the, the structure for it, and I understand how consumers like you want the price low, 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 low. But, and, and I would agree with you, the price isn't great yet, but... It just doesn't seem like a great system to get developers paid. Did, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, does. I think that I think that the the problem isn't so much that the prices are high. Uh-huh. The problem is that the prices are high as opposed to just going to the PSN on the PlayStation Three and downloading the game to keep. I feel like the problem is the prices are random. Yeah, yeah. two ninety nine. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, let's just speak in English, it's $3 for four hours <laughs> and $6 for a week. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just pay $6 every time? Or why didn't I mean, they make I, like a, a it's day a rental, deal. which is what and most people what? would rent things for. Yes. Why wouldn't you just do one day? This four hours thing is weird to me. That's the only one that's sticking out to me as nonsense is really the four hours one, which if they changed it to a day, I'd be like, okay. Who plays a game for only four hours? Am I living in a fantasy land? My God, I can't get... I can't even figure out how to play the game in four hours. Yeah. I'm slow, sorry. Well, I guess if it's only giving you four hours that day to play it, I, I, would only, I don't think I'd play a single And is it four, four hours of hours play, or does it start once you've downloaded it? Maybe they do an upgrade where you can pay $3 for the first four hours, and then after four hours, it's like, do you want it for another six days? And then you pay right. the other $3. Or do you have to that pay two ninety nine for another four hours? But if I have to pay... Two ninety nine, and then after that, I have to pay five ninety nine. That's not good. Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with that. I th- I would say I think the the difference in the pricing structure is because each publisher is going to be negotiating its own deal with Sony, and 
Yeah, the difficult thing in a system like this isn't manufacturing the back end, though that's non-trivial. You know, the difficult thing is getting all the rights to it. Mm -hmm. Like, just look at Apple trying to get, you know, a movie service that's up to par with the rest of the industry. And, you know, so it's it's the content deal. So I find it utter, I would be surprised if it weren't all over the map right now. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah. So here, yeah. yeah, but here's my here's the other problem that I have with this, uh-huh. right? Is that this is what Sony is offering in lieu of providing backwards compatibility on the PlayStation 4. They've said from the get-go from the from the original launch of the PlayStation 4 that we're not giving you backwards compatibility, but we are going to do is going to give you this guy Kai screaming which is turning into PlayStation now. So, one of the problems that I have with this is that I'm not seeing anywhere, and I, I signed up for the beta today. I haven't gotten into it yet, mm-hmm. or I haven't gotten any emails about it yet. I, I'm interested in trying it. Sure. But what I'm not seeing is if you're getting any sort of credit for having bought these games already. What do you mean by that? So I have bought, let's say, I've bought the Puppeteer on the PlayStation 3, right? They know I've bought the Puppeteer. I'm not, And I'm not talking about PlayStation Plus right now. I'm talking about I have gone into the PSN, I have clicked buy, I have given them real money for the Puppeteer. They know that I've done that because they have my PSN ID on the PlayStation 3 and on the PlayStation 4. Do I have to pay for that again if I want to play that on the PlayStation 4? I will bet you $9 million you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a Quite problem. Quite the bet there. Because I, I don't have a problem <laughs> with developers getting paid, and you know that. And, and I think that the problem is that, A, you're not owning the game. Which is is not a huge differentiation, but it is a differentiation yeah, of course. that you're not owning because you game. can't resell the game. You can't. It's it's of no value to you except for its playability. My luck, my you know something would happen and I have to leave. And and, and I mean that's the same thing with if I buy something digitally yeah. anyway, I can't yeah. resell it, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, but then but, it means that every digital game you ever buy is always should be considered a rental by you because it will right. only ever work as long as that digital platform exists. That's well, I mean when. Everyone's getting up in arms about the PS4 not having backwards compatibility with the PlayStation 3. I'm just like, Sony is entirely happy to charge you for this content twice, especially after, you know, translating it to x86. I I guess I would say this, and I I don't... I, I, I hate raining on everyone's parade here, but if you look at the music industry, which has been trying to find a subscription model that works... If you look at Spotify, I'm sorry. The truth is those people are hemorrhaging money and artists are not getting paid there. Oh, I it's know it. awful. <laughs> I know Awful. It. I know those statistics. I My band is not on Spotify. We're on Bandcamp, which is okay. the highest possible rate you can get from selling on any site. Bandcamp gives artists a bigger cut than any other site. Yeah. Not yeah. iTunes, not anywhere else. And it's because Bandcamp is a tiny independently run company that can afford to do that can i can i ask you maddie what is the percentage um i can look it up for okay. you i don't because what is it with itunes i think they take out 15 percent, but there's also paypal fees involved so that's okay. not precise yeah. okay. i have a huge chart of what itunes takes out itunes takes out a lot i don't remember but spotify only gives you like pennies it's absurd uh, yeah sad but i mean my overall point is if you look at the subscription model i i know netflix has been somewhat of a mixed bag for friends of mine that you know do work in movies as far as like frankly recouping an investment on making a film 
I, I know it's been a very mixed bag. And I know for Spotify, it's been a very mixed bag. And I think trying to bring the subscription move, you know, subscription service to the game industry. Yeah. My question is like, Game developers are having a hard enough time, like, recouping their investment currently. Like, overall, as an entire industry, it's having huge effects. Like, the PlayStation 4 and, you know, Xbox One have been out, you know, it's going to be for an entire year, reasonably soon. There still are not a lot of games that are coming out for it. You're seeing not much innovation on those platforms, and you're seeing, you know, indie developers like myself kind of gobbling them up from, you know, it's the minnow eating the whale. Mm-hmm. And I I just don't know. I, I it It seems really like a bad formula overall for developers recouping money, meaning it seems like a bad model for you getting games that are fun to play. Could it work? Can I imagine it working? Yeah, I can. I especially think um, for some of these PlayStation 3 games, um, you have to think about this as an engineer. A lot of these games, like Darksiders 2, is never going to be translated to x86 on the PS4. It's just not going to happen. And I think it's the only way you're going to be able to play some of this older content uh, on your newer device. So I think that's cool. And I know I personally would probably go and experiment with a lot of titles that maybe I missed the first time around. I just, my worries about developers recouping their investment are extreme. But but the flip side of that mm-hmm. is that if this is too expensive, then people aren't going to do right. it. Yeah, because you you are fighting against free. Sure. The, well, or, well, really what you're fighting against is used games. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's the alternative. I think that not everyone who owns a PlayStation 4 has a PlayStation 3. I think Sony said that they've gotten a a fairly decent conversion from people who only owned an Xbox 360 to go to a PS4. So there are going to be some people who don't own a PS3, but a lot of people do, and they're and they're still hooked up. Mine's still hooked up. Mm-hmm. So the the alternative is that you go to GameStop and pay. I mean, if we're talking about if you're talking about paying fifty dollars for for ninety days of a PS3 game, or you go to GameStop and go buy it for you know seventeen ninety nine. I mean, that's if it's that much of a discrepancy, it doesn't make sense. That's the problem. So it's, I mean, I I have faith that Sony will get this right because I think what they're going to find through doing this beta is that people are not going to pay those prices, and they'll they'll tweak them and hopefully they're going to learn from that. But these prices have been around for a while. Like this this story came out a couple months ago that they were planning on charging these prices and they were saying, "Oh, well, they're not they're not final yet. We're just trying to figure things out." And well, they they don't seem to be. And after they already got feedback. So, hmm. I'm hoping that they're listening. I mean, certainly the press around this has been brutal, but and, and they have a lot of goodwill in, you know, among just among gamers right now, especially after the whole the whole uh, Xbox yeah. One debacle last yeah. year. They've got a lot of goodwill built up, but it would be a shame for them to to squander it by just not not paying attention. Yeah, I agree with that. And you don't know how much the developers are going to be getting out of these percentages. So even if the, the price is a lot, it doesn't mean that it's going to go to the people that are working really hard on creating these games. It's, it's the unfortunate thing when we get larger and larger conglomerates of um, companies is that the smaller and smaller people kind of get squeezed and they don't have as many options of where to go and what to do. And then they have less options in what they get to negotiate. 
because it becomes yeah. just some flat rate and so you're kind of stuck yeah i mean like that's why stuff like itunes isn't as profitable but if you're a big artist you have to do mm-hmm. itunes because you can do cross-promoting it's exactly. the same as with games yeah I, I mean it's why you know beyonce will do a big deal with itunes and it's profitable for her to do it but it's not profitable for indie artists to do it and i i guess it's i the similarities to games abound mm-hmm. i compare yeah. games to the music industry constantly because it's depressing how similar yeah. they are because the music industry is not doing well, so it's not a happy comparison. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we're now that we're <laughs> all depressed, we go into let's talk about something happy, like what games we're playing. Okay. Can can I can I request? I know I never do this. Can I request to go first because I'm so excited about this <gasps> game? Yeah. Steve. Yeah. Oh, this game looks so Salem fun. Steve gets to go first. Oh. So yesterday, Crypt of the Necro Dancer came out, <laughs> and this game is amazing. Really. It is incredible. It is every once in a while, there's a game that comes out and you read the description and like this was made specifically for me to make me happy. And wow. that is what this game is. So really? it is a mashup of a roguelike dungeon crawler and a rhythm game. Ooh. And it is fantastic. So you it's like a standard like a like a, a net hack or a, you know, sort of Fargo or Dungeons of Dreadmore or whatever, where you're in a dungeon and you're running around and the everything moves one one square at a time except that there's a song going in the background and there's like a beating heart and there are like lines coming in and you could only move on the beats awesome so so the game is so the game is is showing you the beats as they're coming in and there's a there's a soundtrack from the guy who did all the games for team meet and the soundtrack's really good too and so you're running around, and what, what you find is that these characters are, or the, the enemies are kind of moving along with the beats, too. So it's almost like you're planning on, like, dancing around them so you can get yourself maneuvered into a position where you can hit them without getting hit back. And it is, and, and all these little touches in the game are, like, it's really kind of, like, whimsical. Like, the, 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 the skeletons are dancing right before they try to attack you, and, like, you go into the store... And the shopkeeper will be singing opera along with the song that's playing in the background. And, like, the boss battle for the first area is literally a conga line of enemies. And they actually call it a conga line. And apparently, I haven't tried it, but you can actually hook up a USB Dance Dance Revolution pad to this. And (gasps) For real? Sounds great. Okay, okay. That that seems like the the perfect game to get with the uh, new virtual reality treadmill cyber thing that you can, like, dance with it. I'm just (laughs) dying. Yeah. Oh, and the and the the main character, at least the one to start with, is female. Her name is Cadence. Haha. Awesome. So, so uh, yeah, I all, the whole game is played with just the four arrow keys, so you could totally play it with. And like you can like you you use items by pressing two of the um like two of the the keys together at the same time, so it would basically be like a jump on the dance pad. It's cool. it, it. I honestly, I played it until my wrist hurt last night. I was playing it more before we started and if we weren't recording tonight, I'd probably be playing it right now. It is wow, amazing. Wow, that's a great how's the, game. How's the music? The music is, is good. It's got a good beat. It's, um, it's not... It's the guy who composed for Super Meat Boy. Yeah, yeah. So it's all, it's really, the soundtrack's really good and you can put your own MP3s into the game also oh, and play with those. Whoa. So it's early access. And it picks up on the BPM of whatever you import and the enemies dance accordingly? I didn't try it yet because I was having so much fun with the original soundtrack and I only played yeah. it for like two hours so, total so far, but it's, but I, I'm going to try that out and see how it works in it. But it's, 
it's really good. It's early access, but it seems like it's pretty complete, at least for the early levels. And it's fifteen dollars and on Steam, and there's a Mac version, and it is it is a delightful surprise, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. It Ooh. is so good. So that's my that's my sales pitch. But I honestly just go get it right now. It is like this is one of the most fun games I've ha- I've played all year easily. Cool. That's great. So Bree, did you get a chance to play anything this week or? Um, no. <laughs> no. You just are you just recovering? No. I mean, I've done I did two interviews today. I'm doing an interview with Cracked tomorrow. I'm doing or Sunday. I'm doing a lot of press right now. And uh I'm answering there actually haven't been many support calls, which you know, it's been like it's good, it means a stable build. You know, it's politics, it's working with Apple, it's working with other people, it's getting the PC release ready to go, and I feel like I've just run a marathon and I have to go run another one. So, you know, this is this is game dev and this is my job that I signed up for. So, yeah, um, I did play a little bit of Blood Dragon tonight. <laughs> because, of course, you did. <laughs> Your old standard. You know, it's like I, I never regret having played Blood Dragon. That said, I want, I want, yeah, my husband's going to be out of town this weekend. Uh, you know, he's going to go see his uh, father who's in the hospital down in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I would just love something. I like, I'm, I want a game that I'm just going to get hopelessly addicted to do you know what i mean just to like deus ex when it came out and you just one of those games where you get so sucked into it that you just have to finish it you know i need Mm -hmm. something like that to unwind so yeah maybe this crypt of the necrodancer game will be that for you i mean the graphics look really bad and i looked at it and it just i don't know also you know i i'm really into edm at a very high level and i don't know like if someone's telling me the music is good that's a you know it's a high bar for me but you can so. plug your own edm into it yeah, yeah that would I be could. interesting i could i could <laughs> maybe i'll check it out <laughs> i love it because whenever you guys pick games it's it's often that they're they're differences so i'm always interested to hear what you feel yeah. brie when yeah brie's gonna come oh. on next week i hated this game <laughs> i love hearing that i love hearing that. even that is fun it though. is fun yeah. just because it's nice to have a difference in opinion we like we like many yeah. of the same yeah. games. And, and I don't like, I don't gush. Yeah. Uh, you know me. I don't gush about a game this like this yeah. breathlessly. Yeah, often. I don't think I've heard you ever do that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Steve hates games normally. He doesn't. <laughs> he really does. Games. No, you know you know what it is though. It's that I've been playing games for so long that it gets hard to surprise me. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah I, I, of course. I agree with that. Yeah. Something has to be really good. Yeah, and I think we're all in the same place. And this this one was just kind of like. I've never seen these two things happen in the same way before, and they're both genres that I love. Like, I played a ton of, like, Amplitude and Rock Band and Guitar Hero and Elite Beat Agents and stuff like that, and I and as, lo- as well as, like, a ton of roguelikes. So it's just, like, these are two genres that I love, like, together, and it works really well, and it's, like, oh, it's just so good. I want to be playing it right now. Oh, cool. All right, so so Maddie, what did you play this week? Um, okay, so I I have a couple things. One is more nerdy than the other. The less nerdy one is that Zach and I have been playing Rayman Legends together, oh, which is a sort of old. Oh game. my god! Um, so we I got I got the PS4, and so Zach and I still live in separate apartments. We're gonna try to consolidate our apartments soon, but we're still 
in the separate ones. So I am letting him have my PS3 for a while. Oh. It's a very big deal because he the most recent console he had was a Wii. So we're we're stepping it up <laughs> in Judgment. Zach's life. So he's got a PS3 now. So we're playing some of my old PS3 games together now that he has this new thing installed. And so we finally have decided to play Rayman Legends together. This is oh. a cooperative platformer. We played Rayman Origins together. We got every single possible thing in wow. that game together. Oh. That, those are not easy games either. No. <laughs> no. And I I would say I recommend Rayman Legends more. Yeah. Just in terms of like a relationship fight capacity. This game is a little less on the fighting. Rayman Legends, whatever they've done to tune it. Uh, we're doing a lot better at it. I think it's. Oh. I think that the difficulty curve is a little slower. I remember when we first started playing Rayman Origins together, Zach and I fought a lot about keeping up with each other. So maybe it's because we already beat Rayman Origins, but I also think Rayman Legends has tuned some of the mechanics a bit more in comparison to like Mario 3D World, for example, which Zach and I still have some trouble playing together. Uh, yeah, so I definitely recommend this game for couples, even if one half the couple isn't that good at games or isn't that into games. It's a very accessible game. Uh, also, there's finally a female playable character in this game. A, oh, lot, really? of, a lot of them, actually. Finally, there's one. Right. And yeah. there's, there, there are other ones, yeah. So, yeah, the only problem is you have to rescue them all. You do. Uh, you sure do. I'm kind of annoyed. Can you tell from yeah. the tone of voice? But they do get like huge axes and swords and stuff like they that. So that's do, but why did they why did they get caught in the first place? It's really silly. I don't know why they did that. They're just trying to bug me. I don't know. But the first game, I mean Rayman Origins is terrible with this stuff. There's a lot of like really weird, sexy damsels in distress in that game, which is weird because it's a children's game yeah. and it Aren't they the really fairies kind out. of kind of scantily clad in Rayman yeah, Legends? They are, yeah, they are. They do sexy dances, and it's really <laughs> weird. And I played the iPhone Rayman game too, and the rewards in that game are pictures of the sexy fairies. And I was like, <laughs> "What are you doing, Rayman? They get stops." Yeah, yeah. So you get pinups in that game. Anyway, there's there's <laughs> a little bit less of that in Rayman Legends. I think they finally realized that a lot of women are playing this. A lot of very young girls are because yeah. it's yeah. a kids game. So get it together, Rayman. <laughs> You're making a great game, but you got to improve those elements for sure because it's getting weird. So yeah, so that's that's a very very fun game. Very good cooperative game, and it's also four player co op. So if you have more friends who want to come over and play, that's a great option. Yeah. Can can I have a girly minute with you here? Because I like it. your boyfriend. I like your boyfriend. Oh, your boyfriend yeah, is you acceptable. Met my boyfriend, finally. Yeah. I didn't know when I met him, like, gosh, what kind of guy is Maddie into? Is he gonna be like a, a sailor with tattoos and like a giant <laughs> gears awesome. of war neck or whatever? <laughs> you know. That's like the kind of guy I used to date, Zach is. Yeah. Right? No, he's really he's sweet. He's funny. He's very he's funny. funny. He's even like funnier it. than I am. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody is. Um, no, I, yeah, he, I, he you guys are kind of equally funny. You guys are kind of equally funny. You you have that. The it's cool when couples can play off each other. You know, and you feel like you're watching a performance. Do you yeah, know what we I definitely mean? Definitely do teamwork. that. Yeah, yeah. We are like the I Love Lucy show of video games, except I think Zach yeah. might be Lucy in that situation. So <laughs> I yeah. give him four and a half out of five stars. Wow, okay. that's great. 
That's yeah. a huge rating. The extra half, the extra half stars because he isn't literally Wolverine, but he's almost. No, I'm just kidding. He's well, his name does start with the Z, and that's just it's it's not a good letter. <laughs> I don't like that letter. <laughs> Are you serious? I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> wow. Okay. So anyway, uh, do you yeah. want? Can I geek out just for a quick second? I realize I just talked about Rayman, but this oh. other thing, Zach is is way more into setting up technical equipment than actually playing games sometimes. And one of the ways in which this manifests is that he is fascinated by the idea of trying to get Steam to stream Dark Souls onto my laptop on which I will use a PS4 controller to play Dark Souls on my TV. Like that. He is not interested in playing it, but he just wants to make this happen. Keep him. It is surprisingly difficult to do. And until wow. I finally got the PS4, we were not able to do it because I could not get a controller to work with my MacBook Air. And just as a word of caution to our listeners, do not install any of the programs that say they will do this. They are going to install bad things on your MacBook. Don't install them. They will say that they will let an Xbox 360 controller work. They will not. Nor a PlayStation 3 controller. Don't do it. A PlayStation 3 controller just pairs with Bluetooth and you're done. It. I don't. It, I couldn't get it to work, Steve. It hasn't been my experience either. Huh. I have. Ne- I tried things. It took a, a little bit of fiddling. It could but, just yeah. be because my MacBook Air is a little bit too old. It could be. That might be the problem. It, it's. It's a few years old. They last for a long time. They're pretty good. They're expensive, and for a reason, they last a long time. So I don't need to replace it yet. But it definitely does not want to pair with the controller. Hmm. But I plugged in that PS4 controller, and it worked right away. So I'm just saying. That was an unexpected boon. Now I can play Dark Souls on my TV. Lucky you. To Zach's delight. So, yeah, he can watch me play Dark Souls now and backseat play, which is like his dream, I guess. So, yeah, (laughs) we're living the dream. So, Georgia, before you go, can I show you guys this picture that just came to me on Twitter? Can I show this to you? I just put it in the IM chat. This is somebody's nine-year-old girl that is playing Rev 60 and is completely addicted oh, to awesome. it. And isn't that so cute? That is adorable. That is, oh, I've gotten so many pictures like this this week. And it's like, I remember being that age and going like, where are the women in games? I remember it so clearly. It is so, it makes all the late nights worth it to... Yeah, I've heard from so many parents this week that are like, you know, my son, my daughter loves this game. It just, it, it's, I, it's, it's the best feeling I could possibly describe. It must be so rewarding. It is. I'm looking at the tweet. Just look at the tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The this tweet is-, is actually faster than Skype. I have 63 <laughs> different tweets to go through before I get there, and I feel bad if I don't reply to each. So you guys are all going to get like 80 different replies that are going to be like seven hours late. Yeah, Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, spoiler alert, 50 of those 60 tweets are from me and Bree. I'm going to reply to each one, and I'll spam you all <laughs> I like that you do that. It's like every oh, it's, few it's hours, Georgia logs back into Twitter, and then she responds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, Georgia's doing her Twitter now. <laughs> it's true. Now. And then you I'll respond. It, you treat it like you're doing the dishes. Like, you don't do the dishes as you eat them. You wait, and you're like, okay, now I'm going to go do the dishes. That's how you act with Twitter. Well, I, I am on Twitter constantly, yeah, which is same, not me too. healthy, same, and it's same. not a good way to be. So same. you're doing a better job than I am. Yeah. Well, I'm a worker. If I'm, like, I, I, you know, it, yeah. It's just, your, it's just George's Twitter time. What? 
What games are you looking for? I, yeah. I, have a, I love this game. I have a game also, Steve, that I absolutely love. I absolutely oh. love this game. And um, it is Puzzix. It's P-U-Z-Z-I-X. And Zed. Zed. Zed, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I think it's a, I think it's a, is it, is it, is it? Sorry, and keep going. It is, it's, it's an X, actually. P-U-Z-Z-Z. Do you like Z-Z better? P-U-Z-Z-I-X. Anyways. I, I will know. Say Zed. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get enough. Baby. Everyone's going to be commenting about that. After. And I love it. It's a little bit like a You're mix. you bringing be- in the Canadian audience. It's fine. <laughs> For those that are Canadian. It's a little bit of a mix between um, Tetris and Bejeweled. Oh. Oh. And okay. Wow. It's, it's so much. It's so addicting. I played the game pretty much. I got it like through four days ago when I, I had no internet. So I got everyone to like give me some ideas of what can I do without any internet. And some people are like, well, you don't always need internet, George. And I'm like, please. And so <laughs> I got this game and I played it pretty much straight through to the end, just past the level. I got a you win, which was like the best thing ever Oh, at level 200. And it's just so much fun. It's fun. It's cute. It's easy. And I'm, I'm actually going to, replay the entire game again wow. because i love it but brie i have is a this question completely free georgia oh that's a good question do they charge you anything because i'm not even nothing. seeing any in-app purchases on you. i didn't see do no they there was do nothing. ads in the game or yes ads do pop up but they're oh, not okay. really that's annoying that is. they're not really annoying it's very rare and it's only later on in the game and cool. it, i it didn't bother me a bit i would have, would have paid for oh. it like it's well worth paying for i would have given the money instead like, let me give you your money. If you make a great game, let me just give you your money or give me the option um, to have an ad-free version because I, I would still do it because I still love the game. There is one thing that I have to ask you, Brie. Yeah. Because there's one thing that's mildly annoying with the game, and that is that the placement of a button that you use to reset the game, to replay the mm-hmm. level, is button number mm-hmm. two on the list of buttons when you, like, wipe out. Okay. If the game, if you end the game if it you die from it you don't choose to reset the level but you die from the game now the second button is actually a play a new game so you wipe out your level and you play a new game and because i play this game as some sort of addict uh trying to get my um (laughs) my dose i'm just used to pressing button number two and by mistake i hit the button to start a new game i of course, did not read the, are you sure you want to start a new game? And I pressed yes and wiped my yeah, entire muscle level memory. Off. And I'm like, muscle memory. Yeah, yeah, you know, you shouldn't have, I was thinking, my thought is, you shouldn't have the second button be something that's going to wipe out your game if you're usually going to be pressing the se- second button to replay a level. You're completely right. That's my you're thought. You're completely right. I, I if, if it is the way you're describing it, I would be shocked if that didn't come up in playtesting. So, yeah. It sounds like bad UI. Yeah, and even if they changed the never colors would have let that or happen. Like <laughs> the placement on the screen, give me some sort of tip because I was in panic mode every time I would lose. I would be in mm-hmm. panic mode because I, you know, started to game the system and I knew at a certain time period that I wasn't going to pass a level, so I'd just re- restart the level at the beginning. And anyway, so that was the only thing. Oh. Yeah. So, Georgia, have you played Puzzle Juice? No, I haven't. Oh, you should oh. go. You should go check out Puzzle Juice. Puzzle Juice. Yeah, I think you would like it. It's a cross between Tetris and a word game. Ooh, and then you I can make jokes about juicing. <laughs> think of how fun that'll be. <laughs> it's like the the easy mode is hard mode, and I think like the hard like the normal mode is like ridiculously insane or something like that. It's it's, but it's a lot Ooh, of fun. I think you would this like looks it. Good. Yeah, I love I love word games. So I. 
think that's pretty much it for the show. I did have one more quick thing, guys. Listen, if you are not following the Isometric Twitter account... <gasps> You guys are really missing a lot of fun. Like, everyone on the show is super active on Twitter. I am. Georgia, not really. I am. I'm just. Us. Yeah, you are. You are in bursts. <laughs> I will spam you Georgia at some is super <laughs> active at certain times per day. So, Georgia is like in X Men Arcade where Colossus will go, like, ah, and like. Just Eight hours later, everything. I will be replying to the joke that you right. guys have told. Right. Yeah. Well, well um, Georgia's like a free-to-play game where she's got a right. timer, and then she uses it right. up, and then she has to go away from Twitter <laughs> yeah, for a while, right. and she comes yeah. back when she's yeah. gotten when enough energy. my parents energy. let yeah. me back on. Yeah. So, so <laughs> But I guys, do reply to everyone as well. I'm, I'm you some, do. I, I, and I really try to do yeah. that, too. Yeah. Every, we all every do. single listener. Yeah. yeah, we all do. I try. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but I, I do my best. So you guys should really follow the show account. There's lots of stuff that goes on during the week with our show account. Um, it often kind of sets the tone of what our follow up is or what our topics are. I mean, this is how we interact with you guys and know what you were enjoying about the show. So I would really encourage you guys to, you know, don't just follow us on Twitter, though we love that. You know, follow the show too. And send us your uh, Pandas Mechs uh, show <laughs> ideas, um, Steve and Panda suits, whatever it might be. Are we going to do the, the, yeah, we're making a new version of Rev60 right now with some updates for it. <laughs> Don't get me excited. Are we going to, I was, I'm really thinking about doing oh this my God, for you, Georgia. Brie, if you did for that. For girlfriend mode, I would. we're thinking about adding the panda leopard oh. into Revolution 60. <laughs> that would be it. That would be it and for me. <laughs> I don't even think we're going to like, I <laughs> might even be willing to go into the skeletal mesh and add ears oh. to the snow leopard. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> yeah. cute. I'm like blown away right now. I love now. it. I, I love you it, Brie. Getting... Don't make promises you can't keep, Brie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. If you could have a bamboo blowgun, that would just complete it. <gasps> a bamboo glo- blowgun? Yeah. <laughs> like, like the panda the has a piece of bamboo. And he shoots like darts out of it, yeah. It could be it could be even someone wearing the little earpiece just like you know how how she had the headband that had the little uh transformers on her little headband they could just be panda ears I'd be happy even I mean, we thought for a long time, we wanted, uh, like, there are secrets no one has discovered in the game yet. One of the things that didn't make it into the final game was the ice cream leopard, uh, which happened when Amanda was doing this play blast one day, and there was this cone that she just made to simulate some gunfire. So, you know, like, when you're working on a game, you're delusional anyway. (laughs) We, We thought about making an ice cream leopard, which would be a snow leopard variant with, like, sprinkles all over him. That's hilarious. We didn't do it, but... But I think a panda leopard to satisfy the isometric fans, I might try to talk my engineering team into that. So so if a lot of you guys follow the show this week, if you follow our Twitter account, I will consider. Oh, I love that. I will strongly I mean, if nothing else, somebody will probably make a mod when you you release the Mac and PC version. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the panda update. The panda patch. The panda patch. (laughs) I love that, Maddie. That's perfect. Uh... Let me talk to engineering. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right, in, surprise in, us. So in yeah. the in the meantime, while you're waiting for the, how that's going to turn out, you can uh, you can find the show notes at either five by five TV slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Please go to iTunes and also after you're done following the show, if you can go to iTunes and leave us a review, uh, that really helps us out a lot. Also, 
And uh, you can send us your feedback uh, via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. And you can follow the aforementioned Twitter account. We are at isometricshow. And, of course, you can follow all of us on Twitter. I am at WickedGood. And where where can people find you, Bri? Uh, I am the real Donald Trump on, <laughs> on tw- Donald Trump's hair. On Twitter. Yeah. That's right. Real Donald. No, Space Cat Gal. And Maddie? Samus Clone. And Georgia. At Georgia underscore Dow. So thank you as always for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Oh my god, so we didn't we didn't we didn't talk about we didn't decide what Sailor Scout Steve is gonna be. We've gotta we have how to are, how it. are we gonna determine this? Well I have I have a quiz here. We could do it right now if you wanted, or we could do it on Twitter. Like a vote from no. Twitter users about a vote? which? Well, no. Okay. I think it's fair if we invite people to contribute whether they think we're correct. But I think we okay. get we get the first crack at casting Steve in the future live action Sailor Moon movie that he will appear in that will be based in part on his life. So, <laughs> wait, I don't know. Okay. I don't remember signing a contract for this. Well, not yet. But you know what? <laughs> a lot of five print in that five by five contract, and the Sailor Moon thing was in there. So. <laughs> that's true that's what the lawyers yeah it's, it, only so applied, on. it only applied to steve for some reason the rest of us don't have so to do so it. let's start with the buzzfeed quiz. okay let's okay. start well, with is there a sailor panda what the questions are <laughs> okay, and whether they're panda related or not so let me ask you this steve how would you describe your personality like would you say you are klutzy are you clumsy oh yeah are you clumsy oh, yeah. okay you're clumsy wow okay uh, i should get maureen in here for this she would <laughs> She'd probably tell you more than I would. So when when you met Maureen initially, did you hate her and think she was kind of a jerk? Like uh, no. You know? No. Okay, okay. So you don't sound like Usagi. Um Wait, is that the rabbit? Oh no, that's Usagi Ojimbo. Never mind. No, no, you're right. Because Usagi is I think the word means rabbit because it don't they Yeah, it does, yeah. it does. So you're yeah. on the right track. Yeah, but you're but dead. Usagi wrong. in this context means yeah. <laughs> it means sailor. Do you you go to a temple, don't you? Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of Sailor Mars. I don't um, think Steve is temperamental enough to be a Sailor Mars. Yeah, I would have to agree. He's with too that. even keel. Maybe he's Sailor Mercury. Did you did you in school, like when your friends were all trying to have fun and talk about girls i guess um did you go like no 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 we need to go study no but i didn't really okay yeah not study just but yeah were you were you good with computers yeah with you was i good okay. with have you met me <laughs> I, but were you a good student though or did you not really yeah. care about yeah i authority? was a good student in that i just did everything but i never took a book home i did all my homework like in between classes which, what color do you feel most defines you? I don't... I've never thought about that ever. <laughs> well, now you are, so step it know, up. I don't know. Green, I guess? I don't, I don't know. Green? I don't know. Hmm. Is that the wrong answer? I don't know. I think, I think I, it might be Sailor be, Uranus. No, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, it's pronounced Uranus, so... Yeah, actually, yeah, it is. That doesn't sound much better, though, by the way. 
I I can't imagine Steve like driving a sports car and going like get in, you know, or like trying to stop the the sovereign of silence without you know us being around, which is what Sailor Uranus did. Whoa! So I don't know. I don't think that's a very good analog, actually. Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe he's Sailor Jupiter. I could. Is he tall? Well, is that is that you. Sailor Jupiter's <laughs> defining characteristic tallness? Yeah, she's tall. She's very. Are you saying that you want to be Sailor Jupiter? Is that what this is? Is that what's happening right now? Maybe maybe Maddie's right, and and he is Sailor Pluto, a mysterious woman who appears as Sailor Pluto's you know duty in guarding the time corridor from unauthorized travelers. Like he tries to keep control of the podcast. That's Maybe. true. That's I kind of, I'm kind of sticking with Sailor Mercury. I mean, even though it sounds like Steve wasn't a super industrious student in school, he still seems really put together. And Sailor Mercury has always been the person on the team who kind of keeps things rolling. Did you hope yeah. to be a doctor, Steve? Yeah. Like no, your mom? Because I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't even deal with blood enough to watch Game of Thrones. Are, are you a fan of pop culture or romance novels? Yes. Oh, I, oh, yes. Yes. Romance novels are my favorite. Yeah, that might be. That might work out. <laughs> no, they're not. Do you, do you like the color blue? I, I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> if if there were a computer, you could like a visor that would like just poof appear over your face that would have like information about dangerous situations. Would you use that? What you mean, like Google Glass? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mercury had the first ever Google Glass. I, I think he <laughs> might did. really be she Sailor did. Moon. Love, compassion, oh understanding. Sailor Moon is... Protect those know. that, you know, she cares about. That sounds like Steve. <laughs> Does that ring true to you, Steve? Uh, I... Maybe. <laughs> I love how uncomfortable Steve sounds It's funny because none of these characters have anything in common with Steve. Like, that's right. the joke here, is that there is no answer. Could could Steve be a uh, tuxedo mask? Uh, is that a penguin? No, he's the only <laughs> no. guy on the show, essentially. He's not the only guy. There are plenty of, yeah. Well, there are some villains, but yeah. Let's, let's take a look at Saturn here. Sweet, lonely young girl, overcoming the darkness that surrounded their family. Oh, I don't know. That doesn't sound like Steven. Oh, my God. I'm realizing I made a huge factual error at the beginning of our show. I confused Sailor Saturn and Sailor Pluto. I'm going to get angry people about that. (laughs) Sailor Saturn was actually the sovereign of silence. So, yeah. Hmm. We've all got to watch Sailor Moon again is the lesson that I'm learning. Yeah, it has been yeah. a while and I haven't even caught up on the new ones. I'm completely Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. It's so I good. Know, I'm so sorry. I look, I want to, okay? I judge you. I actually I judge started you. watching it and then something else happened and I paused it and it was all over. Maybe he's maybe he's Maybe he's I I watched it when I was was younger, but I have not seen it. I don't even remember most of it. Yeah. I know, I know. I have to. I have no, to deal I with it. I feel you. I watched it when I was younger too, and then when I was in college, I rewatched yeah. it as yeah. an adult, and I was like, "This show is dark." Maybe I did not pick yeah. up on this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I recommend rewatching it. Maybe Steve is like Artemis. 
the deaf white cat companion. <gasps> oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is perfect. Steve, you are the I cat. I think so. You're Artemis. No, I'm not even you are kidding. You're totally Steve Artemis. The cat. Yeah. Deeply affectionate, Steve comforting when distressed, admiration. I don't even get to be a human in Sailor Moon. No, I get to be Steve, a cat. this is a compliment. The cat is the best character. You don't know this and you think we're kidding, but actually Artemis is really right. cool. She's awesome. I mean, like, like Sailor Venus will be out just like, doing something like da 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 and then artemis will be like like you know no you need to stay focused you have crime to fight <laughs> that like, sounds like steve you know, what are you guys doing yeah, that cannot yeah. be in the show i am editing this out yes <laughs> <laughs> artemis is cool I artemis mean, is I, the, the, the hero i like all the characters but well artemis the cats in sailor moon are the adults yeah they are <laughs> because yeah. there we go just, they just take on the appearance of cats but they you know right Spoilers. So I mean, so okay, Maddie. Which Sailor Scout are you? Um, I you know when I was a kid, I always identified with Sailor Mars. Does that surprise yeah. anyone? No, no. <laughs> that was well me, but I don't know what it means, so it doesn't matter. Sailor Mars is kind of um, abrasive, like aggro, <laughs> She's so, loud yeah, and scary. There's, there's like for the first season, she will often like just look at Sailor Moon and they will look at each other and they'll just go <laughs> at each other yeah, for like a really long time. Pretty comfortable amount of time. Yeah. Also, when I was younger, I used to think Sailor Moon herself was really stupid and I didn't really see why she was the protagonist. But now as an adult, yeah. I, I see a lot of nuances there and I understand why she's chosen. Yeah. And I have a lot of love for Sailor Moon as the protagonist. Yeah. So I think I identify yeah. more with her. I don't think that. I'm actually anything like Sailor Moon, but I think that Sailor Moon has a lot of great cool. qualities. So mm. Mm. I wish that I could be that optimistic and hopeful, but I think that secretly I'm still Sailor Mars. You are aiming to be. Yeah, I yeah. I, am, I would say Carolyn Pettit is the Sailor Moon of games journalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who do you, so, Brie, do so you Brie. think you're Sailor Jupiter? No, I think I'm Sailor Uranus. I mean, she, she drives a, a motorcycle in a sports car. Oh, and, yeah, fair enough. You know, she's just... She's uh, just kind of, uh, she's very like, this is the way it is. I don't care what you think, Sailor Moon. We're going to go do it our way. And yeah. So yeah, that's uh, by far. I don't think it's even close. Georgia, did you have a favorite Sailor Scout when you were younger? Oh, no. And I don't know them well enough to even pick one. I have maybe, to. I mean, so you would be Sailor Venus. Oh, yeah, think. maybe. Yeah. She's cool. They're all cool. Whatever. They're there great. isn't even great. one that is an insult to say that you are. <laughs> I like the soldier thing. I like that. I think I think seeing you're saying you're Sailor Mercury is kind of an insult a little bit because she's such a stick in the mud. Do you know what Maybe. I mean? I liked she her. She ruins everything. But I was also a huge nerd. So I liked that she really cared about school. Oh, I was awful. In I was too, but I wanted to be good, and I had respect for people who were like able to respect authority enough to do school, but I never could. <laughs> it, it's not that she's good at school because she like cares; it's because she's driven by fear innately as a character. Oh, wow, this and is really so... intense. I guess I need to think more about Sailor Mercury. <laughs> she she's she's traumatized, and like her parents have put all these expectations on her to the point where. She cannot unwind and go enjoy these friendships that she's that she's created. So, do you not feel like her arc on the show is sort of embracing that though, and realizing that at yeah. times she needs to loosen up? I feel like that's a really important narrative arc. 
Right. That, that, that well, I mean, is her Usagi character. grows into a leader. Right, exactly. Like, each of the characters starts out being immature in a way. And it's interesting that Mercury is denoted as being immature for caring too much about school, which is theoretically a good quality. But in the context of the show, it's like, well, you can care too much about the wrong things sometimes. It's a good show. It's a good show. I have to be honest. I identify with the villains more no, I on that show than anyone awesome. else. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's so good. Oh, you've got to watch it this season. I mean, you have Emerald, who is awesome. Mimet, who is awesome. Fisheye is awesome. You have, I mean, all the villains are so great. Uh, Dark Lady is awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many great characters. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll, I'm... I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. It'll be like just eating a piece of delicious cake, except it'll be TV. But it'll be that sensation yeah. of just like, yes, this is dessert. See, Steve, you have daughters. Like, that's got to be the whole, that's the whole reason you have daughters is to watch Sailor Moon. Like, that would make all the nonsense with having kids yeah, worth it. Yeah, also I think. it's like, like legitimately yeah. a good show. Yeah. So, I mean, you could yeah. just start up the new one. There's only a couple episodes and see if they like it. See, what you yeah. have to understand is that the reason I had kids is so I could watch Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I feel you. Right, I right, liked Pokemon right. Pokemon a lot when I was a kid. Why you could carry around your DS and no one's going to say anything. Well, I mean, they do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, also, <laughs> like, I don't right. have kids and I play Pokemon, so what does that say about me? You know? Well, not play Pokemon, but watch Pokemon. Fair. 